0: What's going on everyone this is Mike Dewar your host of the Barbell CEO podcast and I'm excited to talk to you guys today about something that uh, I know a lot of us will have some opinions on and it's the notion of being constantly varied in fitness so no matter what you're into whether that's bodybuilding weightlifting uh, functional fitness CrossFit, whatever it is um, this idea of changing workouts up uh, varying exercises challenging different rep ranges, confusing muscles, all that stuff uh, is something that is kind of circulating in the world of fitness, um, not necessarily now, but also throughout time. And I wanted to really talk with somebody today who has achieved a high level of fitness, high level of athleticism, um, and pick their brain on how much actual constantly varied work they do uh, and do we actually need to be that varied in our training to have great results? Um, but before we jump in today with that individual, uh, we are going to have some, uh, announcements from my sponsors and I'm really excited to have these guys on board here with the show and with what I do, um, to bring you guys some awesome deals as well as gear and uh, nutrition and supplements so the first one 10,000 gear Uh, they have a lot of great workout shorts if you guys watch me on Instagram or anything like that I love training in their shorts they have some army green uh, session shorts that I like they have some interval uh, shorts all of them have liners in those are the two models they have pants they have tanks they are durable breathable they stand up to the toughest of workouts and they just look great so I also wear them just around town Um, so if you guys want to check that out, you guys can go to 10,000.com. You can check that out in the CC gear. And my code is the barbell CEO. And with that code, you guys will save cash on your first pair and you will also help sponsor this show. So thank you. Next up, we have NF sports. It's where I get my supplements. I don't take a lot of supplements. I'll be honest. I only really take Uh, whey protein, but if you guys are looking for plant-based or other options, they have it there. I do take creatine. Um, And then I'll take caffeine, but typically that's only in the form of black coffee, but they do have pre-workout stuff. And it's really just great because it's clean, it is uh, approved, and it also, uh, well, let's back up to the approved part. It's a big thing for me because recently in a uh, national competition, I had one of my athletes drug tested which is kind of cool because that means that we're doing the right thing. people assume you know the great progress we're having uh, he's on drugs. but he came back negative, which is great because that's uh, no surprises on that end. I knew he wasn't taking them but sometimes you hear these stories or people get popped uh, for taking a banned substance and it was in a pre-workout they were taking or they weren't really sure what was in a supplement they were taking and it was added in there in small amounts. So those things do happen. So it's important to find supplements that are clean and from reputable sources. And that's what NF Sports NF Sports has done. I really like their stuff. You guys can save 30% on all uh, supplements. So that's proteins, creatines, beta-alines, whatever you're looking for, BCAs, they have them there. You can use the code J2FIT and save 30% and also help sponsor the show. And then lastly, but not least, uh, RP Strength, Renaissance Periodization. Uh, They have been a big part of my bulking and cutting progress and me just my uh, nutrition support throughout this phase. They have a diet coaching app, which I love. So if you've struggled to gain weight, you've struggled to lose the body fat and achieve the physique or the results you're looking for in the gym and nutrition is your hangup. I suggest you guys check it out. You guys can go on there. It's a $15 a month app, um, but it's super awesome. And uh, with the code J2FIT, you can save five bucks on that. You can also use that on the different meal templates they have online. Um, but again, it's if you use anything like a tracking app like Lose It or MyFitnessPal. Those are all, uh, they all can work, um, and I've done those before. I've also done it by hand and manually. But this app, uh, the algorithms that are in there, the adjustments it makes on a week-to-week basis, and uh, it's just really great how they can have you track your macros, do your meal timing, and give you the stats to really support your progress throughout that. It's pretty awesome. So you guys can check that out. Renaissance Periodization, look at their diet coaching app in the app store and you can use the code J to fit and you can save cash on that. All right. That's enough for the show notes and sponsor uh, shout outs there. So we're going to jump in today with a friend of mine. He's actually been on the podcast before. His name is Jay Adams. He's a high level uh, CrossFit regionals athlete in the Northeast, but he's also now just a, uh, uh, no, I shouldn't say just, he's a functional fitness coach. He works um, with the training plan. Uh, he's just an all-around awesome coach, uh, very knowledgeable in uh, strength sports as well as weightlifting, as well as CrossFit and functional fitness and human movement. Um, so I'm excited to have him on here and we can dissect his brain on what it exactly means to be constantly varied. Here we go. Hey, real quick, guys. So with about the first 10 minutes here, we were on an, an audio app and it's just having some issues. So there's a little bit of lag there. But if you guys get through that and you'd be patient with us, uh, there's a lot of great gems in those first 10 minutes, so make sure you guys check that out. And then what I did after that is I switched over to a different audio capture method, uh, much smoother, we really dive into stuff. So I appreciate you guys' patience. Please battle through it, because there is a lot of great stuff out there for people who are looking for training insight. All right, Jay Adams, what's going on, man? How much, Mike? How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Excited to have you on here uh, to talk about constantly varied and and kind of dissect what you believe in all that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Happy to talk about it. Yeah. So, you know, I got, I got a question from somebody in line, um, you know, and, and I guess the preface, all this, they were really just struggling with the idea of doing similar workouts, you know, week to week, um, with maybe slight modifications, maybe it's a different rep range or pushing, uh, RPE, um, And they were kind of coming from a CrossFit or a functional fitness background. And it was kind of really, I had to kind of wrap my head around it. Because obviously I understand, you know, there's got to be some changes in workouts. But just wanted to go through that. So I reached out to you. I was on a bike ride. And I was kind of thinking about it and figured I'd shoot it out to you. And you're kind of the dude that I fall back on with all my uh, functional fitness programming. Because to me, as an outsider, it kind of looks like spaghetti being thrown at the wall sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and you
1: know, I think sometimes it probably is the, the context of kind of constantly varied in functional fitness matters to some extent. Um, I think regardless, whether it's for general fitness or if you're trying to compete in the sport, uh, there should be at least some structure, especially to strength, uh, programming you know you're not going to get that much stronger at a certain point after you've kind of spent enough time under a barbell just you know doing a random set of squats one week and two weeks later doing front squats you know it works in the beginning because it's an introduction to the movements and you're going to get stronger doing any program whether it's a good program or a bad program but then once you've kind of reach that point where maybe you're no longer considered a novice um you know how you can quantify that kind of depends but once you get to a certain level you're not really going to see improvements in strength without some sort of proper and that means doing more on a week-to-week basis to some extent and then you know, with Olympic lifting, it's obviously a little bit different too because there's so much skill involved in that, that people will go a long time getting stronger, but they're not really getting stronger per se, they're getting more proficient. Um, it's not an absolute strength lift. So their back squat, front squat, deadlift could all stay relatively stagnant, and you could still see improvements in all those just by simply learning to do the lifts better. Um and then anybody that really follows a program that's designed for the competitive side, you know, not the general fitness, you know, 60 minutes a day, there is very little actual constant variation. It's very, um, you know, intentional and you know, I work as a coach for the training plan and we have seven different streams and every one of those streams lift usually three days a week. And those lifting progressions are all, you know, uh, usually four week blocks and you're doing basically the same thing week after week for that four weeks. And they progress over those four weeks and uh, it's some sort of, you know, bigger picture depending on where you are in the quote unquote season will depend on what you're doing, but there's not that much, you know, constantly varied, especially when it comes to strength training. Mm -hmm. And then even when it comes to like conditioning, the variation is not really in the uh, progressions themselves. It's just in the movement and how you switch things up Um, because you know, the sport of functional fitness is very different than an iron sport like powerlifting or Olympic weightlifting, where it's a one rep max of two or three different lifts. So it's very, very specific, but functional fitness, the specificity of it is general. Like you have to be able to do so many different things and it's everything from those one rep maxes to being able to move basically like 80, 85% of your one rep max for a high or being able to, run a mile or being able to run five miles so you know the the degree of tests is so
0: broad yeah so i guess let's so the the kind of the term how would you describe constantly varied if somebody came to you to the gym and you're explaining your methodologies and you use the word constantly varied i mean how, how could a beginner wrap their head around that what would that mean
1: Yeah. So again, I think the context matters, but for most people, they're thinking of it from like a general fitness perspective and the constantly varied is basically you're not doing when it comes to conditioning, you know, the same thing week after week because there are so many different movements in that uh, realm of functional fitness. So maybe there's a, intention in terms of the energy system you're trying to work or the time domains you're trying to stay within or even the stimulus and maybe it's even you want to keep upper body push pull the upper body push can be a barbell it could be a dumbbell it could be a gymnastic you know e- even that can change from week to week so much um you know the volumes and the number of reps um so it's really just about giving a different uh, time domain, a different stimulus um, on a relatively consistent basis so that you're checking all the boxes of these different kind of ways that you can improve your overall fitness through different modes, you know, and the way you can mix those things together.
0: Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So, um, all right, so I guess, so, I wanted to ask, this is more for me, too, but we have, let's say there's somebody, a beginner or somebody intermediate, and they're kind of programming from home or this and that, typically with, say, a muscle hypertrophy movement, like if I want to get a stronger back, right, or I'm attacking certain movements that gain muscle mass, um, because I would say I'm necessarily not in that functional fitness camp 100%. Like Mm -hmm. I might progress a bent row and say, okay, I'm going to work to a 12 to 15 rep max. And then I'm going to use that weight for three or four more sets and train that to near failure and leaving one or two good reps in the tank. And maybe that turns out to be like 15, 12, 11, 10, 10. And then the next week I come in and I can either increase weight Mm -hmm. or I can keep the same weight and try and beat the reps. And I maybe push my intensity level a little harder and I can do that, you know, three, four weeks. And then I can kind of deload and then I can either swap out the exercise or I can uh, increase a little bit of weight. I can add a pause, whatever it might be. Right. And that's typically what most of, I, I guess, like my non-functional fitness and CrossFit clients typically do for muscle mass. Um, <clears throat> so how would you like what would be and maybe it doesn't have to be for muscle hypertrophy, but like what is kind of like a a general format? Or like uh, an outline that maybe somebody could use to say, "Okay, I want to progress over the next four weeks with this type of goal, and how would that look like uh, in like a functional fitness sense?" Right.
1: So, I mean, again, I guess context matters. It does kind of depend on your goal. People in the functional fitness world struggle with sort of, you know, you're talking about doing like some myo set type stuff. Is The focus there is also really should be more on like muscle instead of movement. So you're not necessarily trying to be as efficient as possible. You're trying to get local fatigue where you're trying to get that uh, hyper effect. And in general, I think for most sports, the the hypertrophy stuff should be for the most part kind of where not where you're focusing um, on like specificity, however. When you go to functional fitness, there's really very necessarily specific to the sport um, when it comes to the different movements you could do. So for functional fitness, it is I like using um, bodyweight gymnastics in kind of like max sets, similar to myo sets, but not quite as much because y- the one thing you need to be conscious of is pulling that you might do, for instance, if we're going to use like a pull up. you want to do pull-ups for strength because there's a very real carryover for that, for not just hypertrophy, but also upper body pulling strength. But then I also have to be aware that, you know, there might be pull-ups in kind of the kipping and typical quote unquote, you know, fake pull-up variety um, in, you know, some type of conditioning session. So, You know, there's a lot of different ways to do it, but whether it's functional fitness or not, I think the way you attack hypertrophy really doesn't change. Mm -hmm. It's really where you just need to be conscious of just how much of, especially in functional fitness, how much of that overall volume is also going to be in, you know, a conditioning type setting. So making sure that you're not over patterning or, you know, getting too much fatigue doing one movement. But you also have a much bigger bucket of movements you can choose from that would still kind of get you uh, to where you're trying to go. Mm-hmm.
0: That makes sense. So, like if I was doing like bent over rows in an accessory piece as a functional fitness athlete, I would just have to be smart with the programming where I wouldn't then double dip and say, do a wad where it's going to include a bunch of pull ups, whether kipping or strict, on that same day, or, you know, just to kind of monitor.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I think the general principles still apply. Um, and you know, again, whether it's with the fitness perspective, it's a little more simple workouts in a day, and um, you can kind of more easily manage that. But when you have people that are training for the sport. That's where, you know, you have a lot of people doing two, three sessions a day and you have a strength session in the morning and then you're doing conditioning later. And it's very easy to do a lot of very similar movement patterns. Um, you know, there's a ton of different variations that especially as you get closer and closer to, you know, a competition or, um, you know, one of the big uh, kind of like, like the CrossFit Open or something like that, you know, you have to become, you know, you're still going to go into like a realization phase leading up to that specific movements are going to be pretty similar in movement patterns. So just conscious of overall fatigue in the week.
0: Okay. So I guess this is kind of a cool segue into, right. So people that are listening to this might be pegging themselves and looking at their own training um, and saying, I'm good at XYZ, but I'm deficient in you know, say I, if I was only stronger, the 85 uh, percent barbell cycling would get better. Right. Like, assuming my technique is fine. Um, I'm like a clean. Mm. Right. So if I had stronger legs, things would get better. Wall balls would feel a little easier because my relative intensity would be lower, blah, blah, blah. So if somebody who is, you know, a functional fitness athlete or a client at the gym or a member and they need to build strength would we i mean would you say that they probably need to go on a more structured regimen um at least for that aspect of their training and then if so what what might that look like
1: yeah so it's always harder when uh it's a kind of general fitness or class based model because you're just trying to create a robust program that's going to get little doses of each thing that every person might need a little bit of some are going to need more of one thing less of another and vice versa
2: the people that would need kind of extra strength work it um, it usually isn't that much extra a lot of people Which if it gets stronger, that means you know less of the conditioning, more lifting, and focus on that. And then, unless you have really specific goals, you know, if you have really
0: I even in my own training I and mean, my we've obviously you know I used to live in New York, I used to be there. I've noticed like for me, you know my goals were definitely more strength and power centric and just hypertrophy centric um but I also enjoyed like the functional fitness and doing wads, but it got to a point where I was doing so much and i the second I started just backing off on that a little bit, I was able to create space, I was able to drop volume so I could recover and I could attack different intensities. Uh, And things kind of started taking off from there. Um, And I think in the initial stages during that, I I struggled with the idea of doing less because I didn't want to lose my position of fitness where I was at at that time, Um, which when I get people looking to kind of transition into that coaching from, say, a class situation or this and that, that's probably the biggest thing we deal with is that mentality of I don't want to lose all this work that I've done Um, and we find that they don't really lose that much a lot of it is just you know you lose the initial conditioning and yeah like if you don't do burpees consistently they're going to feel hard Uh, but you'll be able to work it back pretty quickly within a couple weeks um, versus like strength I mean it just takes so long to build that Um, and you also don't lose it that quickly so yeah and I think Programming for general population,
2: the mindset and the approach should usually be, you know, a minimum effective dose so that somebody doesn't have to do that much more to get stronger. And the conditioning aspect, it will suffer a little bit, but that's way easier to get back than Mm -hmm. it is to build strength. And it takes years to really get strong but everybody wants these magic pills and I think the both the you know the upside and the downside of that variation that you know we talked about in the beginning is when people first kind of get exposed to it and especially if they're relatively new to doing a lot of it they see progress in everything but then when it stops it becomes very hard to kind of realize that you were gonna see progress regardless and for then now you need to start to focus maybe a little more on one thing if that's what your goal is and you know people don't need to have specific goals but if you really want to get stronger at a certain point that doesn't mean just like you said throwing spaghetti at a wall uh, like a program if you want to get stronger you're gonna to have to focus on getting Stronger, and it doesn't mean giving up everything. But sometimes making some sacrifices is gonna uh, make a big difference.
0: So, how would you, if somebody was out there, and I'm sure you've had these conversations with with members, how can you tell if somebody is doing too much, right? Because in the kind of how you were talking, I, you know, it's beginners. They have all this progress. They they can kind of do everything. Um, because their overall like relative intensities say, compared to if you did everything would be much lower and, you know, like 400 pounds is still 400 pounds, no matter who you are. Um, you know, they get to a point where the idea is, well, let's just do more and we'll just continue to get progress, which again, works in the beginning phases in the intermediate phases. Then there's like a, a ceiling, there's like an, a point of no return, um, So have you ever found in the gym where you're looking at members and you're saying, you know, this person is at that point where if they continue to do more, 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 they're actually going to go backwards. You know, are there signs that that you that you can look at, whether they're performance indicators, whether they're mood indicators? um, You know, what do those look like and what kind of recommendations would you give somebody if they're going through that? Yeah. So I think it's kind of knowing your clients a little
2: bit. And generally it's when you start to see just like total stagnation on any sort of lifting progress. And the biggest thing I see is basically not taking days off or not taking easy days. Mm -hmm. I think there's an unfortunate percentage of people that probably train six, seven days in a row and all trying to do it at high intensity. And, I try and relay as much as I can that, you know, the importance of, you know, recovery day, so taking an easier day, you know, just focusing maybe on some aerobic conditioning if you don't want to do nothing um, or even just like we talked about maybe doing some of that bodybuilding stuff to help work on strength is going to, you know, be way less fatiguing if you approach it right than just coming and hitting, you know, Metcon after Metcon day after day. And the other indicator outside of just kind of, you know, stagnation on on the list is just, again, when you start to know clients, just the sort of overall performance, the way they are having to take excessive rest and, you know, something that shouldn't take nearly as long as it's taking them, uh, to complete is just usually an indication that people are trying to do too much and not recovering optimally. You know, it's, it's always funny to me how many people wear devices that are designed to make good lifestyle
0: improvements in terms of, you know, being able to see your HRV, your rest and your recovery, but then not actually making any changes to what they are doing based on it. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's probably harder the bigger question is mentally unwrapping why they can't slow down, which I think is a whole different ball of wax. But um, so I had another question trying to read it here. Oh, um, so do you, I guess for like, when we talk about structure, right. Just to kind of, kind of like recap that aspect like more of us, like if it's a weightlifting or a strength-based goal, would you say that that's definitely on this the end of a more structured regimen? And then as you go down the spectrum, you might have a little bit more variability in hypertrophy if that's your goal or muscle gain. And then you can have more variability uh, once you kind of get more into the conditioning. Or if your goal is to be good at variability in a conditioning set like is that kind of like the spectrum of how uh structure goes in your opinion yeah and you know the i think
2: a good way to kind of wrap your mind around it too for a lot of people is realizing that the point is not necessarily to be like an expert or as good as you can at any one thing when you're approaching, you know, this class based model of general fitness. So you shouldn't necessarily be so worried about how much XYZ is going up if your goal is just general fitness. But so everybody gets very wrapped up in how much they can do in this or how many reps they can do in that or how fast they finished X, Y, or Z. But yeah, the more specific needs to be for things like the weightlifting, things like, you know, absolute strength. Um, Especially once you get past sort of that novice window, if you want to get to a certain level of strength and ability in technical lifts like the Olympic lifts, you're going to have to do more than just kind of dose them in every once in a while. In a class based setting. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. You will still get better just by doing them. But if your goal is to be as good as you can at them, then yeah, it's going to require being
0: more specific and following more structure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, here's this kind of a random question. And it's something that I'm trying to wrap my head around also. And I don't know if you get clients who, you know, when you're in the discovery phase, and, you know, because you obviously work with athletes online as well. Um, well, like I had an athlete come to me and, you know, they, they had their mile times or their, you know, their 5k times, they had their RMs and they were somebody who was wanted it all, right. They wanted to kind of, you know, look the part, they wanted to feel strong and they wanted to be able to go out and run three miles. And as a coach, you know, for me to program, I kind of want to see, okay, if their strength is where they can squat 300, it, do we need to squat 400? Is there, a, is there a purpose to try and squat heavier, right? Because obviously that might play tug of war with other things another other time. Um, and what I was getting hung up on was the client didn't really have an answer for that. They were just really saying, again, I want to just be good at everything. Um, and for me, trying to kind of have direction, I want to say, well, if you ask a weightlifter, a 300-pound weight squ- uh, back squat isn't that good. And if you ask a marathon runner, a 300-pound back squat is excessive. So for people out there who you know, are listening and they're kind of in this situation where they want everything, I mean, is, how do you weed through that with a discussion with somebody just so you can kind of figure out how you're going to take them, you know, what attribute you might need to develop? of like the ball of wax that you were talking about with why people don't
2: take days off. I, I think there is a, uh, a real issue with people actually knowing why they're doing what they're doing um, and why they want what they want. Um, so... Trying to be good at everything at the highest level so if you're trying to win the CrossFit games well you better not have a job and you better be able to handle excessive amounts of volume and recover from it you know it's it's not just anybody who starts doing more and gets will give you some good uh, metrics to use where you can give people kind of like solid numbers that are based on what, you know, averages are. And some programs also have like a pretty big pool of people that are putting in their data so that you can base it off of. Um, so you can use that to help kind of make a clear picture for people to realize, hey, like your 2K row is pretty good. In the open, you did pretty good on these workouts that didn't involve heavy weights. But then, if you look at your 1RM's and you look at where you ended up on this workout with the heavy barbell, those are way lower in the percentile. So the focus should then be on getting strong. Yeah, um, that's, actually,
0: that's, that's actually that's actually really good idea. I mean, like not to go off crazy in here, but like are there are there metrics? Because as you were saying this, I remember seeing something. And back when I used to do like more CrossFit, this was like years ago, like five years ago. I remember they had a chart out there and it was like the first CrossFit Games, like a, a, I think it was like a 185 or a 205 snatch and like a 275 cleaning jerk was kind of that that number that like most people were having. Um, and I'm, obviously now it's way higher. But yeah, I mean, when you get somebody or like if I came to you and was like, hey, Jay, I want to. I want to try and make it. Well, they don't have regionals anymore, but like let's pretend it was regionals. Right? I mean, what what would you look at um like the movements or the the tests that way people can kind of start to kind of hone in on those.
2: Yeah, so there's there's also different kind of like tiers too. So you can make regionals and not be super strong or below sort of like that. You know, average mark but mm-hmm. then you were never going to make the next level if you didn't have that so you could maybe make regionals but not the game yeah. uh, and now maybe you can make sanctional but not the game um, so you basically you, there's really a number of metrics you can use obviously the the lips are an easy one um, and the olympic lips tend to be what are tested you know, like a 1RM back squat or deadlift is going to be more rare. Um, but uh, the lifts, and then basically, the if you look at, like, open performance, that gives you a pretty good indicator of where people fall. Basic conditioning testing, 2K row, uh, 10K row, um, you can do a 5K run. You know, you need to, you can't really design a workout that everyone has done uh, and ha- and have, like, good data for better than kind of what the Open is. You know, there are benchmark workouts that if you go on Beyond the whiteboard you could use too. But really, it's going to be, like, the big lifts and then the Open and then some pretty standard, uh, like, monostructural testing is what will give you the best baseline. Now, you still have to be able to put all that into practice you know there might be somebody that has really good testing but just doesn't perform well and that's sort of then where you deal you know, with the mental side of things but there's so many different metrics to use you're just gonna have to use best practices and go off of what sort of that best performance marker based on where the top people in the sport are at
0: yeah Yeah, that makes sense. I didn't even, I mean, I didn't even think about um, the whole mental side of things too. I mean, that's, you see that all the time. Um, Yeah. That's actually kind of a cool, cool breakdown of how, you know, I'm thinking like if a coach out there is getting, you know, like the next time I get somebody who says they want the world, um, you know, in a program because they, you know, want to be like the games athletes. Right. Uh, at least it's cool now that I have kind of an idea of here's, you know, almost like the five or six domains, if you will. And these are the tests that then I can use that to create structure within an otherwise uh, spaghetti on the wall looking program from somebody who doesn't kind of see what you see and how you, know, you broke, it, broke it down. One more, I guess, and this is more just a, an open, sometimes I get people who they say they don't like doing the same workouts week to week because it's boring. Um, have you ever had anybody say it to you? Or like, this workout's boring, you know, I don't want to do it, or X, Y, Z? Yeah, and I think it kind of goes to the overall
2: topic of this conversation, the kind of the desire for people to have variety so much. Mm-hmm. And I even find that people don't want to do – a warm up that they had done previously, um, which is always strange to me because if a warm up works for before you squat, there's no reason the warm up should change. Um, I I kind of question why those people, you know, are then asking to get better at something if they're not willing to put in the required work. You know, if it's someone that just wants to, you know, be in good shape and like the idea of not having to think about what they're doing and following a program where it progresses and you're doing the same thing week after week for at least a few weeks doesn't work for them, well then maybe they need to try a different type of fitness and there's nothing wrong with that. But for somebody who's asking to get stronger and they don't like doing, you know, strict press on Monday, and then the next Monday having to, to do shirt press again. It, it doesn't really make a ton of sense. And, you know, anybody that's not willing to put in the requisite work doesn't really want what the end result is, which is to get stronger. Well, then you better get used to doing a lot of the same stuff. Because yeah. nobody got better at Olympic weightlifting by not smashing every week. Mm-hmm. Nobody got better new variations of it, depending on what program is followed, but even, you know, I guess the conjugate method is probably the most variation in any type of iron sport, but they'll still follow the same max effort and dynamic effort lift for at least three weeks at a
0: time before they switch it. So, yeah, that's not something I really understand. Obviously, things get boring, but, you know, not always supposed to be fun, you know, it's work. Yeah. Yeah, I had a note in here I was because I was talking with another friend and, and uh we were like thinking too like with the age of like social media and everyone's you know posting workouts and everyone wants to try this workout, which I think is awesome. Like I, I'm not gonna lie, I've seen like you know things you've done or I've seen things that other people are doing and I'm like, hey, on a Saturday when I have my fun day, I'm gonna give that thing a go. Uh, which I think it has merit. It's cool to to do that. Right. And you see where you stack up. It adds a little bit of variety um, when you sparingly. But I think there are people out there that are now using that as their program um, where they, you know, follow a couple people. They'll do this workout from this person and this workout from this person. And then, you know, the next week, maybe they do a different workout from another person. Um, you know, and it's just, it's just, it's interesting to me that that happens. Uh, and I don't know where that mindset came in, where that would be an effective way to train. Yeah, I think it goes to, like you said, social media and everybody just wants to do what seems
2: fun. Yeah. And for not having any structure, it's like, oh, well, if is doing that, then maybe I should be doing that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it might keep training fun. And there is a certain degree to which training needs to be fun. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to keep doing it. However, if that's how you're structuring your day-to-day, you're not going to see much progress. And it's probably also going to be a recipe for injuries or, you know, little nagging things because there's no structure to it. There's no context to
0: what you're doing from day to day. Yeah, I guess then what I'll I'll start doing is posting uh, all eight sets of two of snatches and eight sets of five of front squats, and I'll just post every single set, and it'll be boring as hell, but that's what it takes. (laughs) Yeah, because nobody wants to go
2: on social media and see, you know, the top CrossFit athletes or the top functional fitness athletes, what they're doing. on their day-to-day programming are, you know, VO2 max intervals that involve mostly sitting on the assault bike holding a percentage of their, you know, five-minute max wattage or doing, like, some accessory work after they finish their squats or, you know, know, most of the work that the top-level athletes do is probably pretty boring and doesn't make for very good social media. It's just the Metcons and the heavy lift is what gets posted. But very few, if any, athletes are actually doing a true Metcon day after day, week after week. Um, it's just not sustainable. There are a few cockroaches out there who can just do whatever and keep being able to wake up and train and hit it hard. but. You know, fatigue management is a very real part of how you program and still trying to go with some, you know, high-low principles in how you structure weeks, making sure you're hitting, you know, every energy system and very uh, specific built-in progressions for how you target those, and then the whole week is structured around that. Most of the training is not super fun to look at, or fun to watch. Nobody wants to
0: see someone sit on a roller for seven minutes. Yeah. Fun yeah. Um, so let's let's go into uh, what you're doing now, because I know you got a pretty sick home gym, right? And your is that like the basement that you work out in?
2: Yeah, I got a little basement garage mix uh, going on.
0: So what? Uh, I mean, I see you cleaning like. 300 plus pounds on a daily basis. It seems what, what's your, what's your training looking like now?
2: Um, so I'm still following, you know, a program to not sure what my goals are in terms of competition. You know, just might've been yesterday was supposed to be an individual sanctional. I was competing at, uh, was a, oh no, that was a year ago's date. But you know, it's was supposed to be competing at an individual sanctional this year uh, in June. Um, you know, one of the other sanctionals that competing had also got canceled. And so with uncertainty around the rest of this year, although I would be pretty comfortable saying I'm not gonna be doing any competition probably for the rest of 2020, not really sure what that means for the moving forward, but still following, you know, a program, trying to stick to it as much as I can. Um, You know, with quarantine and home gym, the goal has not really been to, you know, push to get, you know, stronger at anything or necessarily better at any of the lifting. You know, I think uh, my base there is pretty good and also we just don't like, going super super heavy, uh where I am, the it's just not the comfortable lifting when you have to drop on pads and so if you're hesitant about missing a snatch, you're gonna miss it. And so I try I yeah. I'm trying not to go above basically ninety percent pretty much anything. So just trying to maintain bunch of strike and, you know, conditioning. The one nice thing about having the home gym is, you know, just the uh, Variability of time when I can fit it in has been nice. It's not always easy, but there's no excuse not to be able to train. So like yesterday, I didn't have time until like 7 o'clock, and I booked out at 7 o'clock. Um, but still got it in. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the goal is, but just trying to stay overall fit, I guess.
0: Well, I'm just going to throw this out there because I'm always trying to recruit more lifters. Uh Atlanta in December American Open Finals we got I I have uh, well we have the finals Uh, we're we're Matt qualified for national championships which is one level up I got uh, knock on wood a promising youth championship lifter here in Ohio so it's a 282 total if you're an 89 kilo lifter and I think you probably could do those numbers right now in your basement
2: yeah (laughs) total
0: 289 uh for 89 it's a 282 so that's uh like 275 snatch and i think like a 350 ish clean and jerk and the cool thing is they're doing um because obviously there's like no local meet, or there's very limited they're doing online qualifiers so you would just video it and then send it in kind of like how they do with the open and stuff and if you get in, you get in. And I, I was I was curious because that's kind of a cool way to do it um, if you're somebody who's really bad on stage or, like, if you missed the lift. I'm assuming you would, they, would, they wouldn't they would know that you would just take, like, five cracks at it. But yeah, I don't know how they regulate that. Um, I think they're kind of like, that's kind of somewhere, like, if someone's going to lift it on their fifth attempt, they probably could have lifted it on their second, you know? Right. It's the, the spirit of it yeah. versus the...
2: But. actual strict judging. I mean, yeah, it's not a bad idea. Uh, I don't know if you watched the rogue invitational at all, but, um, you know, they're finding ways to,
0: uh, you know, do these competitions remotely. and They, they did a pretty good job. Yeah. Yeah. I watched a couple of it. So cool, man. Well, it was, uh, it was good to meet up and, and pick your brain, um, about all this and, and catch up. So, uh, Appreciate the time. Where can uh where can people find you if they wanted to connect?
2: Uh yeah, I mean I'm not that active on much of anything, but I guess uh, Instagram if you wanna see me occasionally post a story <laughs> I'm not uh just, uh K train forty two forty on there and uh if you wanna check out uh the work we do with the training plan, you can know, obviously find them on uh, Instagram,
0: uh, Um and opening, and, and opening in the fall, is that your, uh, is your bread company opening yet? <laughs> I don't know, maybe. TBD. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would say if you guys like lifting, uh, watching heavy lifting and, and artisan bread, you should check that out. I, you probably post more bread than you do lifting, honestly. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not, I've never mastered the art of, Filming for social media yeah so what's your what's your favorite type of bread to make or what's like your favorite um, one you've made thus far so recently I've been doing this uh, sourdough with
2: uh, like 30% whole grain that's a mix of whole wheat rye and spelt flour and it's really really good
0: so do you, it's so like do
2: hearty you- but not quite enough like whole grain to be like super, you know, kind of weedy,
0: it still has that good texture and moisture. Yeah. So for, uh, for eating bread, I, f- I found there's like, to keep it like simple, there's like two main camps. It's like bread and butter or bread with olive oil and like salt or something. Uh, like that. I don't dislike the olive oil and salt, but I'm a big bread and butter guy. Yeah. Same. Yeah. yeah I bread that. and butter with eggs and bacon is, you know, doesn't get much better. Boom. That's the secret to strength right there. Mm -hmm. Throw in some potatoes and you're good. Oh, yeah. Cool. All right, man. Well, it was good catching up. Thanks for, uh, for chatting. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. All right. Later.